door service, where service is their specialty. Proud sponsor of This Morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. There's gold in them hills, Daryl McIntyre. <laughs> That's what we hear out in the Rocky Mountains. I hid in mine. Legend I, I has mine. it. Legend has <laughs> Legend it. Legend has it. They've been searching for it forever. We uh, want to get into this and talk a little bit more about uh, the hunt for Alberta's lost lemon mine. And we're not talking about lemons. No. We're talking gold. Yeah, gold. And apparently there's a new effort to try to reach something called Slumax Gold in BC as well. So it's just, it's a treasure trove of treasure hunting <laughs> is what it is. And people love love these little mysteries. Yes. These, 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 these great stories from long ago and trying to find where the, the hidden treasure is. Craig Baird is uh, joining us this morning. Uh, he's a host of Canadian History X E-H-X, and we've had him on many times, uh, and loves these kind of stories. And of course, he's the one that did those amazing AI, AI pictures yeah. of uh, Daryl and I as, as rock stars. As rock stars. So you can yeah. check them out on our Instagram and our Twitter pages. It's now It's not going to be history that we were actual rock stars. <laughs> anyway, Craig, good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing reasonably well. Thank you very much. Thanks for hopping up at uh, like 6 o'clock in the morning to have a chat with us. Uh, no what, what's our fascination with treasure hunting? Just the well, dream think, of riches? I think that's part of it. I think it's also, you know, being the one to discover something like, for example, the lost Lebanon mine because it's lost. It says it's over in the name. And, uh, you know, being the first person to find the mine, but also the huge amount of treasures that are apparently in these these lost mines. Give us a little bit of history on the lost Lebanon mine. It goes back to what a fellow named uh, Lafayette French yeah, so Lafayette French, what he did was he actually sent uh, two men out on an expedition to find gold, and they were Frank Lemon and his indigenous partner, Blackjack. And so what happened was they allegedly actually found the mine, and then they got into an argument that night about what to do, whether they were going to stay and mine it or go and make a claim for it. And it eventually ended with Blackjack being murdered by Frank Lemon, and then Frank Lemon kind of you know, racked with guilt, lost his mind and made his way back to Lafayette French, but on the way just kind of went completely insane <laughs> and uh, Blackjack was just left there at the, the mine's entrance. So now we were dealing with some sort of uh, entities, ethereal entities that uh, that drove him mad, etc. But you know, we call it a mine, but was it an actual mine or was it a discovery of of gold deposits that could become a mine? Well, that's kind of where the story differs. Some say that there was a mine because Blackjack and Franklin actually did start to mine it okay. and then just couldn't decide what they were going to do after. And then some stories say that it was exactly that, just they found some gold and they believed they had found a huge deposit and then decided to uh, get into a fight afterwards about who actually owned it. But uh, I don't believe it was an actual working mine like we would think. So, Craig, uh, in the years that followed or maybe in the months that followed, what have other other expeditions, other trips to try and find this spot again, and what happened? Well, when when Frank Lennon got back to the fort, he told a priest about what he did. So the priest said he'd keep a secret, but he actually asked a local trapper named John McDougall to go to the area and find Black Jack's body and give it a proper burial. So the, McDougall and a bunch of, uh, well, miners decided to go out and find the mine. And on their way, they stopped at Fort Kip, which is near present-day Lethbridge, and McDougall drank himself to death. And then Lafayette, was he decided he's going to go find the mine, and he said that he actually did find 
find it. He wrote a letter to a friend, and the friend said, okay, well, just wait until I get there. And then while Lafayette was in this cabin one night, it burned to the ground, and he ran out into the into the snow and the cold and died of pneumonia and then at that point nobody knew where the mine was okay oh so at goodness. this point it's a cursed mine right yes. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. absolutely Stay yeah it away. is <laughs> uh, so you mentioned lethbridge uh that's that's a long way to get over especially back then uh not so much in a car i suppose but uh, back then that would have been a long journey where do we think this lost lemon mine is well, it's somewhere between the Crow's Nest Pass and the mouth of the Highwood River. So it's a few hundred kilometers of space that they got to look through. And that's probably why no one's ever found it, because we have really no clear idea of exactly where it is. How Do is you- that? They went back. Well, it's not like well, they're writing notes and dropping uh, points or pins on a GPS, right? Like, it's <laughs> well, only a few people actually knew where it was, and they yeah. all seemed to die by the time they found it. I just think, I just you know, given the fact that everyone's dying, you just stay away. It's like a, mm. a bad movie, right? So, Craig, <laughs> uh, since then, though, I mean, has there been any modern day explorers who have used maybe some modern day techniques to try and figure out the possibility of where maybe? some gold deposits are i don't know drones testing anything like that yeah all the way up to today people have been trying to find this mine and if you look through newspapers going back 100 years you know the 50s 60s 70s there's always a story about how the lost lemon mine might have been found but then it turns out to be nothing but yeah there are still people who try and find this mine uh who want to find the riches some say there's billions of dollars of gold in there i don't know how they can say that without actually knowing you know where it is and how much gold is actually in it but yeah it continues to this day of people trying to find this mine and and being rich and being the ones to discover the mine all right so let's go from alberta mines to bc mines and uh this search for this what is it the slumac mine gold yeah, Slumac, uh, it's the Slumac mine or the, the Pitts Lake Lost Gold Mine. So it's located just near Pitts Lake. And that one kind of dates to about about 100 years ago, a little bit more. And also, like the Lost Lemon Mine, is supposed to be cursed. Mm. Now, you've been doing a podcast. It's uh, how, many, how many parts to the Legend of the Lost Lemon Mine podcast is it, are you doing? Oh, just the one. Yeah, okay. I, oh, okay. it's... Yeah, there's there's plenty to tell in it, uh, but not more than probably uh, one episode. But you also end up interviewing somebody uh, in reference to the Slumac mine, right? Yeah, I interviewed uh, Crew Williams, who has a podcast about Slumac's uh, mine, The Lost Gold, and his actual exploration, because he actually, unlike me where I sit in a, my, my place and, and just type things up, he actually went with people to try and find this mine. So give us a little history on, on this mine and, and uh, the story that goes with it. Well, located in the Fraser Canyon uh, River Basin, that's where it was believed to be, uh, there was a whole thing with Slumac, and he was apparently had shot a person. He was an elderly Katsi First Nations man, and so he was put on trial and eventually hanged for killing somebody, but most people believe it was in self-defense because at the time there was a lot of people going in trying to just take First Nations land for for gold exploration. And when he was uh, put to death, one of the last things he said was that he was going to curse that mine. And <laughs> since then, no one's ever been able to find the find the mine. You know what? I find that these, can, these can end up making sort of great TV shows, whether they're they're based you know they're based in reality, but you know really are they ever going to find anything? The thing that drives me nuts. I, my wife watched the the Curse of Oak Island 
<laughs> that thing that ran for nine seasons, they never found squat, drove me nuts. Uh, like, how much of these are just about telling stories and the, the, and the reality of actually finding something is low? I think a lot of it is telling stories. Like all these things, Slumac, you know, was a real person who did exist and the mine apparently did exist. But I think it's about the story, about the mystery of it. And, you know, maybe finding it isn't that great because it, ends that mystery we all like that story of a cursed mine and people who try and find it who end up dead and you, sometimes you don't want the end to that story because it makes a good story i do because I, I, <laughs> because then it gives credibility otherwise you're just spinning tails give me some proof doggone it <laughs> fair enough yeah you know that's it's interesting though but i think i think people love the idea and we see it i mean what was it down in the states someone has been searching for someone's buried treasure down there forget the whole story that goes along with it for decades now and people love this idea of becoming rich mm. and finding this and becoming ah i've got all this money and i've done it it's the treasure map it's the you pirates know? it's the yeah. buried treasure it's all that yeah. kind of stuff that that's because you love history craig is that is this a great way this is a great way for history to come alive Oh, without a doubt. And I mean, it's something that's literally right in our backyard with the Lost Lemon Mine, and it's right in Alberta. When we, you know, you mentioned Oak Island, it's on the other side of the country, or you mentioned Oak Lost Island. Pirate yeah, Gold and, uh, in the in the Bahamas. So it's something that's right here. Like, anybody can go out and, and look for this. And so that, I think, it lends a lot to it. And it really does make history come alive because you're out retracing the steps of a lot of people who went out to try and find that very same thing. Craig, if people want to hear more of, uh, of these stories, uh, where can we find it? Where can we find your podcast and uh, and everything Canadian History X? Uh, you can find my podcast Canadian History X, and that's E H X on all podcast platforms. It's all over the place. And then you can just follow me on Twitter. It's just Craig Baird, C R A I G B A I R D, and I put up all sorts of history stuff. Cool. One of my favorite Twitter accounts out there yep. right now. <laughs> yeah, Craig, thanks so much for this. Oh, thank you. Yeah, let's do it again sometime, okay? Absolutely. Yeah, Craig Baird joining us this morning. Uh, coming up on 616, we have a treasure trove of info for you after this break. <laughs> Morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. Supported by Abe's Door Service. With 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. 619. We all knew this morning with Jalen and Daryl and Morley too. And it's fun talking about treasure and all that. You, you wonder though how much gets exaggerated in the fog of oh, lost of history, right? Was it a little bit and then they fought over it? Or is it a bill, multi-billion yeah. dollars worth of, uh, worth of gold? Well, the story adds and the story adds. And, you know, in the break telling Daryl about Sleeping Giant, if anyone's been to Northern Ontario, you've done the drive from Sault Ste. Marie, Thunder Bay, and you're, you're uh, sitting at top of... You know, at the harbor at Thunder Bay and you look out and there's something called the Sleeping Giant and legend has it that, you know, Nana Bijou is uh, Ojibwe um, who um, who turned to stone after um, 
revelations of a sil of a silver mine, or that there was silver on that peninsula, Sibley Peninsula, and uh, when they started mining out there. And one of the legends is is one of the reasons why that silver mine, which did operate out there at Silver Island uh, in the middle of nowhere, on, the, on this point way out there for 13 years, it kept flooding, kept flooding, kept flooding. Is that one of the reasons is why uh, Nana Bijou was very ticked off. So right it. on the floods and right said, no, floods, you cannot. Yeah. But if you're ever out there and you silver. get a chance and, and go for a drive out there, I mean, you know, because trust me, I mean, the drive from Thunder Bay to Sault Ste. Marie is a long one and you might be looking for stuff to do, but you take that turn out to Sleeping Giant Provincial Park and go all the way out to the end, out to Silver Islet. There's a little store there. You can have lunch. It's really, really quite lovely. Oh, my dad and I almost got killed out there. <laughs> you're burying um, the lead here. Man, yeah. The story took a twist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the curse, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it was not quite that far out there. My dad and I were going out there. I was home uh, visiting a couple of years back, and um, there was another spot that you can turn off out there. But the, keep in mind, once you're out there, there's no cell phone service. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were going because there's an outlook that you can see back to the city on. And so my dad and I are tootling down this kind of washboard, you know, dirt road, mm-hmm. going nice and slow, and coming around a corner, flying out of the middle of nowhere, literally in the middle of nowhere, is this big SUV. And my dad had to take a hard right, and we ended up in a ditch. And this car that was coming towards us went the hard left and rolled into a ditch. And, uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Had it been a head-on crash, no one would have found us for ages because no yeah. cell service in the middle of nowhere. Luckily, Dad and I were okay. We got out of the car, went over there. This kid's getting out. Turned out to be um, a, uh, an exchange student from like Korea who'd come up he'd, from Korea to the U.S., had rented a car, was driving like a maniac. This car was flipped in this culvert. <laughs> we had to drive him an hour back into town to get to cell service. He was terrified because we had to call police. Mm-hmm. He had to get that thing pulled out of there. He had no money on him. Like, it just was off the charts. Wow. And that was my last time out there. <laughs> <laughs> and she never went back. Oh, that's scary. Like, washboard roads, yep. uh, they can they can toss yep. you in. If you're coming around a corner yeah. on a washband road, a washboard road and going way yeah. too fast... It would be shocking if it didn't end yeah. up in the ditch. I'll somewhere. show you pictures Scary on stuff. my phone here, and it was driving back in, and I, my dad, didn't think about it too much, but all I could, all I kept thinking about over the next few days was, if we had hit head on, no one would have found us for days. Nope, because it was middle of nowhere, on a path, no cell service. People knew we were going out there, but no idea where. Ugh. Yeah. Closest thing I've had to that is uh, going out in some some of the higher mountain roads in BC yep. and then running into a logging truck. Uh, if you take a shortcut somewhere and then uh-huh. one of the logging trucks comes barreling down there, get the H out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're not stopping. No. No, scary, no. Scary So just always just a reminder, too, of when you're traveling is making sure you let people know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, and when you're supposed to be back. Unless you're really, really planning on, uh, you know, disappearing. 
<laughs> you know, if that's your plan, yeah, if then, your plan then go to, for yeah. it. Um, uh, way off the grid. Yeah. yeah and speaking of way off that grid, that search continues for that submersible. And, uh, and uh, ugh, technically, why, they would be out, out of, of air now, now if they survived. Yes. Right, yes. So after seven o'clock, we're going to get into that a little bit more with, uh, with a man who has been uh, working with submarines, submersibles for, for many, many years. And we'll get uh, his thoughts on what has happened what mm-hmm. may have happened well yeah that sort of thing yeah, so that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. all right cot still to come here this morning